Hello and welcome to episode 13 of My Freelance Life, a podcast from the team here at Milo.co. I'm Preston and with me as always on the air is my friend Andy. Hello. If you've listened to the show before, you know by now that Andy quit his job to start freelancing. And this show is a weekly check-in with Andy between him and I to see what really happens when you decide to start freelancing full-time. You'll find show notes for this episode at freelancelifepodcast.com slash 13. That's just the number one and the number three. And this episode of My Freelance Life, support for this episode comes from our friends at Bonsai, the number one freelance productivity suite in the world. Bonsai is a little bit like having your own virtual assistant. When your client accepts a proposal, Bonsai automatically drafts up your contract. When your client signs a contract, Bonsai auto-generates the invoices. It's super slick. You focus on the work you love most, and Bonsai handles the rest. Freelancers who use Bonsai get paid an average of 13 days faster, how would that be, and have three times fewer late payments. Put your freelancing on autopilot today by trying Bonsai at freelancelifepodcast.com slash Bonsai, that's B-O-N-S-A-I. The first 14 days are completely free thanks to the partnership we've arranged with Bonsai and they give us a small kickback of the sign-up fee if you decide after those 14 days to give it a try. Bonsai is seriously one of the best-kept secrets in freelancing. Those are my words, not Bonsai's. You can see for yourself at freelancelifepodcast.com slash Bonsai. All right, so Andy, it's been a while since we've talked. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been on the air together. I'm really excited to hear how things are going for you, how freelancing is treating you, uh, you know, what's been happening. Yeah, I feel like a lot's happened since last time we talked. Well, maybe not a lot of events, but there's a lot of times when I've thought, oh, we got to talk about this next time we're on the podcast. And they may turn out to not be that like exciting as, or, or significant or whatever, but there was definitely a lot of things happening, I guess. Is there anything particular that stands out in your mind that we ought to tackle first? Um, well, yes, but it kind of... I, we, we might have to build up to it. So I'll say something else on the okay. side. A, another thing that stands out is these last couple of weeks, we, we talked about the last few episodes, the little tool I made to track how much I'm earning day by right. day. And it allows me to like have a better idea, a better sense of, of where I'm at with things and how that's been helping me. But over the last couple of weeks, like it's for whatever reason, the nature of the projects or something, I've been setting... Like I've been doing really well overall, but I'll be like setting goals or not goals, setting records every day. Like, um, cause I've made a little piece of it that shows me what my highest recorded day was in terms of earnings. And so sometimes like when I, when I record a new highest amount, then, you know, it's a little cause to celebrate. In fact, one day I was, I had worked through the day. I was, you know, it was in the evening. I was ready to finish up. I put in my hours and I was down by like $12 from my highest day ever. So I was like, just started the timer and kept working for like another half hour or something <laughs> on a, or an hour on a client's project and I, just to push it over the top. And then I set a record, but seriously, like, I don't know, I haven't always been doing it intentionally, but several days I've, I've been like reaching higher and higher. Definitely some of that is due to some of the, my clients now are, are with my updated higher hourly rate and such, but it's been kind of fun to see and, and, uh, motivating as well. That's awesome. That's incredible. I, I want to go back to this idea of your new higher hourly rate. I don't know if we've talked extremely in depth about that. Um, and I don't know if we need to go super, super deep on it, but basically you're saying a lot of the 
reason you're having record days in terms of revenue is because you might be working the same hours, but you've increased your rate. Yeah. And so a few months ago, uh, well, actually, I've been doing it since the beginning, but earlier on, it was uh, every every month or whatever, I would push my my hourly rate up just by by like little amounts, maybe five dollars an hour upward. And as a percentage of the whole, that was that was a lower amount. And then after at a certain point, several months back, I was like, "What the heck?" And I just pushed it up pretty high just because I wanted to see. I, I had a feeling I was probably lower than than others doing the same work as me with the same qualifications and whatnot. So I pushed it up and I kept getting clients. And then a, a little while later, I did a pretty big um, push up again. And so it's at these higher rates now that a lot of my clients are. Because before, even though I'd pushed my hourly rate up and I was applying for jobs at that new rate, there were still some clients that were back on lower rate contracts. In fact, I still have some of them and, and still work on that on, on those projects. But I think what helped in the last month or so is that I've had multiple clients at a higher rate with a lot of good quality work to do with a lot, a lot of hours available to me. So all these things kind of coming together has led to these record days and whatnot. That's stellar, man. I mean, that's what a lot of freelancers dream of is being able to increase your rates and still get clients and and a good number of clients and still hit the revenue goals that you have. I mean, I I think there's this myth that if you raise your rates, you are going to lose clients, you're going to lose business. And yeah, you might charge more by the hour, but you're going to have fewer hours to work. But that seems like it hasn't been the case with you. Well, I guess it's also been good because to have these record days because over the last few weeks, there's also been a a number of times when I haven't worked much at all because, you know, in the last month we've had my birthday, my wife's birthday. We went to Boston for a handful of days. So there's been a lot of chunks of time where I just haven't worked at all. And so these have helped balance it out. So maybe like had I been working all through these weeks, then maybe I would have found myself with, with not enough hours. Well, not so much, not enough hours because I think it balanced out decently, but yeah, I don't, I, so far I haven't pushed it to the point where it's, it's really diminishing my, the, the amount of work I have available or the amount of contracts I can still apply to. I don't think I've reached that point yet. And so as you're midway through this journey, what advice do you have for freelancers who think they should raise their, but they're maybe scared to, uh, what, what would you tell them? I, well, I definitely think you should just try it. In fact, yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with trying it because you can always pull it back. Mm. And that's a really easy way to find out if it's going to work. For me, on the Upwork platform, it's been, I mean, it's pretty easy to get an idea. I mean, you you push your rate up, you apply for a bunch of jobs, and then you see if people are responding to that, if you're getting jobs at that rate. And if so, then keep it there. Even if you get fewer jobs, obviously this is just, I guess the arithmetic of it, even if you get fewer jobs, like you said, it's okay if, if you don't get as many jobs as before, if like the, the net um, result is the same, unless of course you are actually needing to increase your earnings or whatever. But yeah, back to the question, like what advice would I have? I would say, just, just try it like, and see what people will pay. It's kind of amazing to think like, I'm definitely, let's see, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm over double what I was when I started. 
And, and that's, I mean, maybe I started really low, maybe I started lower than some people would have, but yeah, it's, it's definitely worth, worth trying and seeing what the response is. I mean, I've heard this from people all the time, sort of coaching freelancers and they'll say, whatever your rate is, double it. And, and they'll say the same thing about, same thing about product. It's like, uh-huh. whatever you're charging for your course, double it. Like you'll be shocked at what people will pay for the value that you bring. And as long as you're bringing value, it's not like you're, you know, you're not trying to cheat anybody out of anything. You're, you literally bring at least as much value as you're charging because people are willing to pay for it. And as soon as sort of like you said, as soon as people stop paying for it, that's when you know, you maybe hit that point where you're actually not bringing that as much value as you're trying to charge. And the market is trying to tell you that. Yeah. I've, I've read things like that too. I remember, you know, over the years reading people say you should charge way more. And I don't think I ever really had a good opportunity. There wasn't much I was involved in where I got to try that, but now I am trying it and seeing that it's, it's definitely true. And I think it's not only should you like back to the advice, not only should you just go ahead and try it, but be confident in it because like you said, you are providing value and being a freelancer is, is different. You have to pay sometimes the fees for payment processing, or in my case for the the platform that I work through, or I mean, you're paying your own taxes separate from, you know, what the employee would do. So an employee, if they're going to pay, pay an employee, they're going to have all the overhead costs anyway. So paying you a little extra than they might, an employee is definitely worth it. And the people who get it are fine with it. They're willing to pay you. They're happy to do it. They recognize the value you provide. And those are the kind of clients you want. And the people who aren't might end up not being as worth it. I think you said it perfectly. In reality, you want to work with the clients who understand why you're charging what you're charging and they see the value in it. And they also have businesses that get the ROI back out of the investment that they make in you. And everybody wins that way, right? If you make more money and they make more money, everybody's happy and you all keep working together. And that's how a strong client freelance relationship is built over time is is they pay you well and you help them make more money than they spend on you, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's uh, that, I mean that's huge news. Like that's uh, that's I don't I don't even know where to go from there because like yeah. doubling your rates or over double, do you know, charging more than double what you were charging when you first started out and you're you're not even a full year into this thing, right? Um That's right. Oh, we're getting I guess technically we're getting close to a year cuz I think it was last well, I mean, not a year since doing full-time, but I was, if you might recall, I was doing it just kind of on the side right, at first right. when I was working at my previous job. So to that start point, we're getting, I guess, close to a year. And so it'd be doubled from from that. But I could have probably pushed it up even sooner. So you wouldn't necessarily need to wait a year to do that by any means. I was going to say, I'm I'm guessing you wish you would have done it sooner. Yeah, or maybe I, I could have, gotten by with, I don't know. Cause I mean, it's worked out how it is. I don't know if I would have done it sooner. I no, I, I should, I should restate that. I definitely would have tried sooner. That's silly. Like with the advice I just gave, definitely try it. And now I'm saying, I don't know that I would have like, it probably, <laughs> it probably would have gone fine. Maybe I would have had a little fewer clients at first because I pushed it up sooner than my, my profile experience would warrant. But I imagine it kind of would have would have balanced out in the end and perhaps been better off earlier on. So, yeah, I would have done it sooner. I love that. It's important to also be 
realistic and honest or or at least let, let's just like explore what really happens when you raise your rates because let's say you double your rates or more than double your rates there are going to be some clients there just will be that don't understand why you're charging more and maybe they've used you in the past and this could be outside of upwork you know there's there's lots of freelancers who do work outside of upwork there might be a client who worked with you last year at x rate and now they come back to you a year later and want similar work done and you charge 2x and they go hold on wait a minute last year this was (laughs) half that you know and they they might not hire you and that's okay what you have to realize is just just like every i mean this happens for every store for every car for every i mean everything that gets purchased there is a target market for it and people see value in different things and so like some people see a lot of value in getting a really cheap deal and a and a really cheap option and some people see value in paying more for a more premium option and getting a little more quality and that's fine you need to figure out who you want your client to be. And again, I, I say you a lot. I don't mean you, Andy, but I'm sort of speaking to the greater, yeah. <laughs> all of us as, as people who work for ourselves, like you need to figure out who you're talking to and what value they see in what you provide and how much you can charge for that. And then double it <laughs> and double it again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, you know, test it out, figure out where, where that price point is, what they're willing to pay for the value. That you provide. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. It's It's been interesting to see what people will pay. And there have been people, clients that I've had that they don't even, like it, it never even comes up. Like the, 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 even like the concept of payments hasn't even come up with some clients. They're just like, here's what I want you to do. I'd please do it. They don't say like, we don't negotiate on the price. They don't say, can you try to keep it under this amount for the project or this many hours or whatever it is. It's just like, here's some work. Let's, let's work together. And those clients are really nice and like nice to have, but I think those are usually bigger businesses where they don't have to, you know, as, um, I I don't know, maybe not be as nitpicky with every expense because there's a, a more flexible budget for these sorts of things. I, I don't know what causes that, but it is nice to have when you, when you get something like that. You know, I first realized when I started working at, uh, I guess my first job out of college, it was sort of, it was a, it was a corporation. It was a bigger company, you know, like somewhere between like 700 and a thousand people working there. And, um, I, I did realize that hiring freelancers was this, I mean, I guess what I realized was the money people are spending is not their money. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost <laughs> like it's fake money. Like it's money. The boss hands them a piece of paper called a budget and says, you have, you know, yeah. $50,000 in this year on marketing or on whatever on design or whatever it might be. And, and those people ha- literally have now $50,000 of what feels like kind of fake money to them. It doesn't impact how much money they bring home at the end of the day. Like if they save money on the budget, they might get a bonus or a raise or something, but they don't, they're not like saving thousands of dollars to their own pocket. So there are some of these sort of medium to large companies that, yeah, there's, there's all this money and and they, all they need to do is show their boss that the money that they spent was worth the money that they spent. Right. Yeah. And uh it doesn't always have to come back dollar for dollar. It just has to be like, Hey, you know, I paid this freelancer, Andy, I paid him a thousand dollars to solve this major headache that we had. 
And now that that's solved, we can do all of these other things that move our business unit forward. And, and so hooray for me and let's, let's celebrate. Right. (laughs) And meanwhile, you've made a thousand bucks and they're happy. And, but it's all, but, but like the, the thousand, what I learned, I guess this long winded ramble is all about is that thousand dollars is way more real to me as a freelancer (laughs) than it is to like the middle management who's spending a thousand dollars on paper. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. That was well said. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, when you double your rates, or when you charge what you think you're worth, or maybe even a little bit more, it's just, again, it's just numbers on paper to them. Uh, and so it's important to recognize sort of how they think about money and how they think about the return on the investment that they're making and and all of that kind of thing. And, and you're right, it can, it can be different between, you know, a medium to large size company versus a sole proprietor who to them, a thousand bucks means a thousand bucks they're not taking home like to their family, you know? Yeah. Or or sometimes even like you're doing work for someone who's just getting started and they're like the only employee. They're going to be very conscientious of all of that. And that's not bad. That's what they should be doing. And, and there's still plenty of opportunities to work together. It is just a different, a different way of doing things. Yeah. And I think you just have to recognize what the differences are and you have to sort of find your sweet spot and find the right kind of people that you want to work with. And frankly, if you're really good at working with, these smaller or if you enjoy working with like smaller one or two person teams you have to accept that as a reality if you prefer to work with them over maybe a a big corporation or something yeah okay so we glazed over uh something which i didn't know about and now i feel awful but you had a birthday (laughs) since we last talked so happy birthday (laughs) that's okay well actually it maybe wasn't since we last maybe it was before so yeah, don't, so we're not yeah, don't worry about it. it. It was it was okay. about a month ago. So we've it talked has been a long time sure. since we talked. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, I was sick one day. I had both daughters' birthday were on the days we normally record. So it's been it's been a while since we've chatted, but it's fun to hear what's happening. And you and you went to Boston for like a long weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. It was four cool. days, three or four days, I think. Did you work at all while you were there, or was it all just vacation? Ah, well, it was, I was thinking about this earlier, actually, because I figured it was probably going to come up and I, I didn't work. I I thought I might, because I had a lot of stuff to get done. I was like, I probably should work a little bit. And then, but I wanted to, to not, I wanted to just go and enjoy it. And so for the most part, I didn't really work. I think I worked for like a second one night where I just emailed a client just so that they knew that, yeah, I'm still, I'm still here because I think like I wouldn't have needed to do that necessarily, except I'd maybe it had already been a little bit since we'd talked to each other and, and communicated. So basically like laying in bed one night or sitting on the couch or something, I, I sent a message to a client, but I didn't work any more than that, which is good because with the trip as short as that, like had I worked in there, it would have made things, it would just would have taken away from it totally would have been doable like sit down in the airbnb at night and work for an hour but the the amount that i would have gained from just doing one hour of work it's wasn't i don't know there's that that whole startup cost you know and sometimes it works for me to just sit down work for an hour and then stop and go do something else but in other cases like doing that you're not going to produce as much value in that hour and it'd be better to spend it relaxing or whatever. 
yeah, I think it's fair to point out, you know, we've talked a little bit on the show about how great it would be to like go on vacation and still be able to get work done. And I was thinking about it the other day. There is, we do need to be honest about and, and clear about this idea of actually taking a vacation, which can be so easy to skip when you work for yourself because it's so easy when you work a nine to five, right? Because all of a sudden you're just not at your desk. And so now you're on vacation, (laughs) but when you work for yourself, it can Uh be so easy to get trapped into working a few hours every night. And if, if you're going to live in France indefinitely or, or for a few months or whatever, which by the way, we need to get to that before the end of the episode, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> if you're going to live in France for a little while, then of course it makes sense if you're like living there for a while to work while you're living there. But if you are taking a week long vacation, yeah. I would say make sure that at least once a year or a few times a year, you're taking a good, decent vacation where you're doing your best to not answer emails, to not do any work because, you know, for your emotional health and for just your overall health really and for the health of your family and for your relationships and that kind of thing anyone who you might be on your vacation with who you need to spend quality time with yes it's awesome to be able to work from anywhere at any time but that doesn't always mean it's a good idea would you agree yeah absolutely i think i think me saying like oh maybe i'll work a little bit on a four-day trip that was that was silly i didn't need to do that at all i mean if you if things hadn't been planned correctly or prepared for and you were left in a tight spot, you might have to do that. And the nice thing about freelancing is that it's flexible enough to let you do that. But at the same time, like it shouldn't be that hard and you should make it a priority. I would, I would suggest, like you said, to make sure you take that time off. In fact, in some ways you should be doing it more often than your, um, office based, you know, uh, peers, because, I mean, that's one of the great things about freelancing. Like if you, and of course there's lots of benefits and people do it for different reasons, certainly. So this is maybe just me speaking for myself, but I mean that if you can't take off more vacation time than someone else, then that for me takes away one of the big benefits of freelancing. So I want to make sure that I'm taking more than the standard vacation time. And actually, like you said, actually taking a break. That's so true. I guess I'm stuck sort of in the mindset of corporate America because, you know, I said, take a vacation a year. And in reality, like we, we probably should be taking more time off. There's a lot of studies. I I wish I had some in front of me. Maybe we can address some another episode, but I know there are studies about how much, you know, how the 40 out, how working 40 hours a week can really wear on you emotionally um, and physically and, and in lots of different ways affecting your health and how, you know, taking only a one vacation a year can actually like hinder your creativity I've read about. And there's, there's lots of studies that show that actually this like standard 40 hour work week, X number of vacation days a year is actually pretty unhealthy for us. I think that that makes sense. I, I bet anyone who reads that probably says, yeah, that feels about right. <laughs> I think everyone knows it internally. But then ironically, I don't know if among freelancers this is true, but there's other studies that say that vacation days go unused. Yeah. Like like thousands and thousands of vacation days, at least in the United States, every year go unused. Every year. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I... I also had a thought in there that there are also people that work way more than 40 hours a week and are totally happy. And there's people that work over 40 hours a week and are probably miserable. But I think this all 
is, I, I mean, we talk about it in this way because it makes sense too, but there's probably even a deeper level you could go that if you really love what you're doing, then it doesn't matter if you're working more. And in some ways that can be the relaxation when you're like in a flow state or whatever you want to call it. And, and so I think while we say it this way, if, if there are people out there that really love working a lot, then there's no harm in that, I guess, if you're really being honest with yourself and you love that and you're willing to spend that much time on it at the expense of other things you could be spending your time on. That's really well said. And I think it comes back to something we're always hitting on in this show, which is freelancing is about not building the lifestyle that Preston and Andy are preaching on a podcast or not living the lifestyle that anyone else is preaching, but figuring out what you want out of your life and then building your business and your lifestyle around those, that vision and those goals. Yeah, totally. And one more thing while we're on this topic, uh, another thought that I had is that as we were talking about the vacation thing, I do definitely agree that it's, it's gotta be healthy to really unplug for a while from work and, and from all the stresses that come with that. A nice thing with freelancing is that every day is a vacation compared to, well, almost every day is a vacation compared to previous work <laughs> I agree. environment. Like, so you don't even have to take a, a week off and really stop doing all work to get a lot of benefits in terms of like how stressed you are or whatever, just spending a couple hours of, of working time a day compared to what it was before can be a huge relief or not waking up to an alarm clock with like groggy eyes and having to rush out the door and fight traffic is a huge relief. That's probably doing that for a week or doing that for a month is better than like a week of vacation, even like the amount of stress that that can relieve and even taking a vacation where you work a little bit, like that's okay to do as well. It goes back to what you were saying that it really, is about building what you want and what makes sense for you and your happiness and productivity and health and everything. And that'll change too. I think as your business evolves, you know, when I first started doing mindful time, I was, I was kind of a workaholic. Like I was, I was trying to make sure we could make this work financially and that, that the business, despite being successful on the side for so many years that it really had legs enough to be like a full-time opportunity for me and my family. And so I, I, I don't think that was healthy necessarily. Uh, I, I then sort of took a step back once I, once I got my feet under me a little bit more, I took a step back and made sure I was, you know, exercising every day and eating a little bit better and all of those things that can impact your work and your lifestyle. But I think it will change as you, as you build your business and as your business changes, there may be times when you work more, there may be times when you work less, but you're right. I think overall the goal is how do I build a, a long-term lifestyle um, around this business that I want to be building. And if, if, you know, if what really gets you excited is like building a giant company and scaling it, which, you know, obviously this is not what the show is about necessarily, but, um, then like pursue that, do that and, and, and hustle and, yeah. and work hard and, and achieve that kudos to you. But if your goal is maybe a little bit more what you and I tend to lean towards, which is, work enough to sustain yourself, build a lifestyle business and do well, but like also enjoy other parts of life besides work, uh, then, then do that and pursue whatever it is that, that makes you happy. Here, here. <laughs> well said. Here, here. All right. So let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about, um, with the, we, we have maybe three or five minutes left here in the show, but 
I want to talk about it. I think, I, I think this is the last week we're going to talk before we're talking from France, before you're talking from France. That is that, is that right? Yes, that is true. We, so, so when do you guys leave? Well, so there's actually an update about, there, there's an update about this. Okay. So, but to answer your question, today is a Wednesday and we leave on Tuesday morning. So just under a week now. Oh man, leave. that's so cool. Uh, so fun. This is actually, a, um, we've changed it in a, in a significant way though. Due to some health issues back home with our family, we've decided not to leave for as long. We want to be uh, we want to be here around our family, and so we're actually. But we still like the timing worked out well that there was this block of time where we could where we could still go. So what was going to be a three month trip that was more living in France has now become a three week trip, and what and actually we're leaving in six days and we don't know where we're going yet because and <laughs> because so everything has changed yeah things have things have totally changed <laughs> we have a one-way ticket to paris but that's it like and and in fact we may not even we and we booked a i mean there's so many logistical things we could go into about this but um we booked an airbnb in toulouse in the south of france for a couple months and then we were going to do some other travels around france but the goal of what we were, uh, or the, the reason why we wanted to go to France was to, to have that feeling of living in a place and staying there and right, getting yeah. familiar with the location. And since three weeks doesn't necessarily satisfy that, we thought maybe we should just do a totally different trip because we still want to come back and do this do in that. France. It'll just be later this year or, or whatever the case may be. So, now, so now you're, like, you're kind of going more like tourists almost like you're doing sort of a, a more traditional yeah. route which is great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be more like that. And in fact, I, I sent an email to a client a while back. They're pretty cool. So, I mean, this might be weird to send to some people, but I said, by the way, I'm leaving on March 20th, which, and at the time it was uncertain what we were going to be doing. So my, my email said something like, I'm leaving on, on this day and I'll either be gone for three months, but working while I'm gone, or I'll be gone for three weeks and not working while I'm gone. <laughs> And that's, but I mean, it, it wasn't going to affect the timeline. I was just trying to keep them updated, but that's kind of the, the position we're in. It was going to be three months living in one place primarily and working like we do at home. Now it's become three weeks. I'll probably still work a little bit here and there, uh, but it's going to be definitely more of a travel thing. We're going to move around more often, but like I said, it's six days away and we haven't decided where we're going. We've, we've been throwing out all sorts of locations. Like we're, there's a good chance we won't even stay in France. We'll go to Paris, stay there a couple of days, and then go somewhere else. Somewhere else in Europe, yeah. We better decide soon. <laughs> I love the spontaneity of it all, though. That's so cool. And, I mean, basically what you guys did before was you bought one-way tickets to France because you weren't sure exactly when you'd be coming back. And I love that it offered you the flexibility right. to just now short your trip. You could have lengthened your trip. I mean, any number of things could have happened. Uh -huh. I love that. You're a living example of exactly what we were just talking about, which is like, you're just, you're just doing what you need to be doing. Like right now, family, whatever's happening in your family, which obviously we don't need to go into the details of, um, you, you are able to build your life around whatever's happening in your family. And obviously you care about um, you know, your, your extended family. And that's an important aspect of this lifestyle that you're building. And so you're able to say, you know what, we can go live in France or somewhere else for a few months another time. Right now, we're going to adjust our plans because we can and because I don't have to like, 
improve it with my boss and et cetera, et cetera, I can just change plans quickly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, well, that was well said. It's so nice because, I mean, this sounds like a, a commercial, but the, the freelancing setup totally made this possible. Like things would have been totally different if if that wasn't the case. So it's really nice to be able to do that. I mean, we already had a, a one-way ticket to France. We thought we may as well yeah. go and we'll just you know, stay as long as, as we feel is right. And then we'll, we'll come back and we don't have a return flight yet. That's so fun. But we'll get one that soon. That is so fun. Well, I have some friends living in Germany. If you're going to go that far, maybe you could sleep on their couch or something. Uh, I'm sure they'd be more than willing. So we can oh. talk about that off the air, but that'd be fun to tour <laughs> well, around you. Europe. You know, I have a few friends who have gone, uh, you know, my sister went to like London and then went and saw a few other cities. It's fun because everything's so close there. So, yeah, that's the nice thing. We've been looking up some places and seeing and remembering how close everything yeah. is there. But and I, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll have to discuss this off the air. I guess I it'd be fun to to record while we're there. But I might. Yeah, it, it could depend on if you're if you're doing a no work trip or if you're doing like a some work trip, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder, well, I mean, this is all the fun, nerdy travel stuff, but I wonder if I'll have space to take the camera mm. or the camera, the microphone, because now I've, I've kind of with this new, um, schedule we have, I'm starting to challenge myself to pack really light and I already pack light. I'm like yeah, a one yeah. bag carry on type of person. But when we went to Boston, I, I packed in a very, very small bag that was like smaller than your average briefcase. And so I'm thinking I kind of want to try that for the whole time. Anyway, this is interesting maybe if you're into travel and stuff, but not as related to freelance. Well, I think it's, I think it's okay. I think part of the reason your story is so interesting is because there's this travel aspect, you know, woven into it. I, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you're able to do or what you're interested in doing in terms of, because I assume to record, you have to bring your laptop and your mic at a minimum which can already yeah. take up a lot of space, you know, especially if you're trying to pack in like less than a briefcase size that can, yeah, that can really put it. I mean, it, the bag was, the bag was big enough that on the, on the flight to Boston, I could put my only bag in the, under the seat in front of me no and then I could <laughs> rotate it and still put it in under the seat in front of me. So it was, I mean, it's a small bag, That's cool. but the laptop's already going. And so, I mean, really, uh, you'd think one little microphone and a cable shouldn't take up that much space, but we'll see. If if not, I mean, we're only going for a few weeks. I can update you on on everything when we get back, but it might be fun to record from there yeah, it could, as well, or, wherever there or is. Or it could be fun. Yeah, I mean, again, we can discuss this more off the air, or maybe at, th at this point the listeners are like, just talk about it, figure it out. But um, I think <laughs> it could be fun too. We could We could have you just, you know, take notes obviously um of a few things that are on your mind while you're there and then we just do a long session uh when you're back and we could post some of your photos for people to see um from the trip and that sort of thing but we'll figure it out whatever it's going to be listeners it's going to be awesome either we're going to talk to andy on the air from france slash wherever else they go or we will give you the best update in the world when they get back um but either way i wish you luck my friend i think it's going to be a lot of fun thank you yeah and uh, just for those who are for for those who are interested, I guess just to give you an idea of what sort of decision we're we got to make in the next few days because we leave on Tuesday. But our decisions right now, we're thinking we might go from France down into Spain and Portugal and spend our three weeks there. We may go down 
to Italy and kind of tour around Italy. And we might go to Southeast Europe, to the Balkans, like Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina and such. We, those are the, the highest ones on our list right now. But I suppose by the time you listen to the next episode, then, then you'll know where you landed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you, man. That's those, I mean, all three of those options would be incredible. Um, I don't think you can go wrong there. So, well, we'll see. I mean, not, we'll see if we go wrong. I'm sure all of them <laughs> will we'll be a fun out. trip, but we'll That's see good. where we think. Well, good, man. Good luck. Is there anything else you want to chat about today on this episode? Uh, well, yeah. yes, I'll, I'll just say, so. I forgot. This is one of the big things I wanted to it. talk about, but we're, we're getting long. So I'll just keep it short. Um, as a result of, well, not as a result of this, as a result of the traveling in general, um, I realized at a certain point that there wasn't, there was only a few weeks left before we were going to be leaving. And I was starting to like, I had a bunch of like potential contracts and I was starting to get stressed with the ones that I had already live. And then I just kind of sat down and I looked at the timeline between that point and when we left and knowing that we weren't going to, maybe that is what affected it, knowing that I wasn't going to work as much while traveling. I realized I'm not going to be able to get these done. In fact, the few contracts that I have going right now, the handful of those are enough to keep me busy up until that point, probably, and even push me. So what was really nice is that I just, all my pending contracts, I just, I, I stopped pursuing them. I, I had to to say no to a handful of things and I just stopped responding to interviews or not stopped responding, but like, well, for one, when, when, when a interview request or, or proposal comes through, you can just decline it. So I just started like declining a lot of projects saying I didn't have time. I updated my, my Upwork profile before it said that I was, I had like less than 30 hours a week availability to give people an idea. And then now I changed it to the next option, which was basically on, on call. Like I'm willing to listen to, to project ideas that you have. And I still was getting a lot of, or not a lot, but I was still getting a a decent number of invitations. And I think sometimes people just invite you willy nilly and don't necessarily look at all those details, but I, I changed it to be, you know, representative of my actual availability. But anyway, so I did all these things I thought, and it was really nice. It was really nice to just not have to think about all the interviewing. And and what we talked about in previous episodes is that's where a lot of the like administrative time comes from that doesn't actually, you know, increase how much you're earning for the day or the week or the month. So it was nice for the last few weeks, I've been able to just not do any of that. And I just have to sit down and work and I'm not messaging people back and forth all the time. And, and yeah, that's been really nice. Which coming full circle might be, you know, a big part of the reason you've had some of your biggest revenue days is because you've been able to put in more hours. So you have more hours, you have a higher rate. I mean, all of those things combined is, is probably contributing to that record, those record days. So, and another thing that we talked about earlier, and I was saving to mention it till now. So now you have the context, but, um, for fun, after I had already set my availability to basically just by request and, and was getting a handful of invitations still. I went in and I <laughs> nearly doubled Are my rate me? again from from where it's just standardly at because I thought this will be fun. Let's see what happens. And I thought for one, it's like a, I mean, it's like a no risk 
or a low risk, at least low risk chance to test if people will actually pay that amount. And then also I thought if someone actually was willing to pay that amount, even though I'm busy, I'd probably be willing to tack on a small project on the side, depending on what it was. But so I, I put it there. I've only had a couple of in, well, I've had a couple come through, but nothing's really moved forward. I think maybe they they invite a bunch of people. I, I send in my proposal. Right. And then when they see my rate, they're like, I'll go with this other freelancer. But who knows? Someone might still might still buy it. You never know. So this is quadruple the price, of, uh, like the original price from a year ago? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, it is. I think quadruple the price yeah. from when I started. You doubled it, roughly you doubled double it from where I am now. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. I can't wait to hear how that goes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it could be worth picking up a project or two, uh, even if you're really busy or don't have a ton of time. If they're going to pay you four times what you <laughs> were able to make on similar projects, I mean, yeah, it, it starts to become a no-brainer. I love that. Yeah, so we'll see where, where that goes. Mostly, in some ways, it was just uh, just a silly experiment. Almost a, a fun like experiment, a yeah. Like, just so I can focus on the other things. Right, right. Well, I love that you were able to do that experiment and you can you can um, update us next time we chat. I think that's that's fun. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, <laughs> anything else? I mean, anything else we want to chat about before we wrap this one up? Oh, no, I think we've covered a lot of all the things that I was thinking, you know. Okay, cool. Well, I wish you luck on your trip. We will obviously be in touch and figure out what we're going to be doing while you're in France and elsewhere. But sure. um, travel safe and uh, and have fun. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Hey, before we jump off the air, I just want to remind listeners that show notes for this episode can be found at freelancelifepodcast.com slash 13. That's just a one and a three. Once more, this episode was sponsored by our friends at Bonsai. Thank you, Bonsai, for supporting freelancers everywhere and for supporting this show. You can put your freelancing on autopilot and give Bonsai a try for free at freelancelifepodcast.com slash Bonsai. That's B-O-N-S-A-I. Your first 14 days are completely free and it's seriously one of the best kept secrets in freelancing. See for yourself at freelancelifepodcast.com slash Bonsai. My Freelance Life is a production of Milo.co. You can learn more about us at M-I-L-L-O dot C-O. And this episode was edited by Danny Gilman of Echopod Media. You can find a link to his website in the show notes as well. The theme music for this show is a song by Joaquim Carud called Road Trip. And we will talk to you sometime. Usually I say next week here, but sometime soon we will talk to you again on the next episode of My Freelance Life. We'll see you later. 